to the 57th episode of the Meaning Up Podcast. I am RB3. I am It's Your Boy, Ace. No, <laughs> just kidding. It's me. Uh, I'm guest Who's co-host. me? Who's me? I, my name is Cade Hughesby. <laughs> I um, am filling in for Ace today. You're, yes. you're, I know you guys are probably like, what happened to Ace? I yeah. took him. You had him hostage and you wanted to come in to co-host the Mingo podcast this week. Now, this is Cade Hughesby, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, the homie who uh, co-wrote Flick Ticks with your boy, and we've done a lot of other things together. We are uh, fraternity brothers, and, uh, and, and, and homies, boom. I don't know how that <laughs> even looks on the split screen. I don't even know if that translates, but let's do it. Um, and, we are, and we are here. To break down uh, the deeper meanings of your favorite film directors, uh, like you said, Ace is not available. He's 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 really not in the back of your trunk, is he, Kate? Or no, he's actually in the back of his own trunk. He is mm. busy with a move, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's moving, so uh, fortunately, he couldn't make it today. But uh, we're happy to have Kate here in his honor. Um, I really appreciate you letting me come on and talk about this. I know we've been wanting to. Get me on as a guest. I wanted to meet Ace. I'm a big fan of the meaning of, so I wanted to get on here and meet Ace and talk about Judd Apatow. We'll but yeah, that hey, was, this is great too. That was gonna be my next. That was gonna be my next question. Uh, have you ever watched an episode of the Meaning of? <laughs> I watched okay. episode 50 in the audio. Let me just tell you the oh, audio. Oh man, that that's oh, just... man, that's 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 no bueno. No, I'm kidding. Um, of course, I watched. It. I mean, I watched for like the the more popular directors that I know. <laughs> I mean, you guys have talked about some obscure directors that I have never heard of, but that's just my oh, fault man. that's my fault no 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 that's that's our fault that's why nobody watches our show no. but, uh, <laughs> but thanks for coming on kate i know this was a long time in the making as you alluded to we uh we're covering uh jod apatow today uh your your favorite director if i'm not one of your favorite yeah, Judd directors, apatow, producers. uh slowly became my favorite director as i you know as i was becoming more more leaning towards comedy and making my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, some of my favorite movies include Superbad, Knocked Up, This Is 40, yeah. 40, 40 Year Old Virgin. Yeah. Um, and so I just became an absolute fan of uh, everything he started doing after you know I became aware of his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is he's actually from a town in the same kind of general vicinity where I grew up on Long Island, New Long York. Island? Oh, yeah, true. yeah. He went to Syosset High School and that's like five minutes from where I went to school. So oh. it's it was very interesting to see, you know, like the different aspects of that kind of culture that he brings into his movies, which isn't a lot. It's kind of subtle, but mm-hmm. um it's definitely there. And yeah, um, yeah. now we're we're gonna talk about the New York influence, particularly in the movie like Trainwreck, that is completely sad in New York. But uh, for, for, before we, we we dive into the deep dive of Jad Apatow, uh, let's take some comments from last week's episode. Ooh. Uh, yeah, nah, nah. I don't, you know, as you guys know, I don't. I have a particular rule of not reading comments. Uh, so usually Ace picks these, but I dove into the comments today and I found three really great ones. That I thought were great. Wait, so what? What are the rules here? Can I respond to them? Yeah, you can say whatever, <laughs> whatever you want, man. <laughs> we talked last week. We talked about uh, Carrie Fukunaga. I don't know if director I'm of his. A Maniac, right? Man, yeah, he directed all of Maniac, True Detective, and 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 all that business. And speaking of True Detective, we have Jay um, Oliveira. Okay, just pretend I didn't do that. Um, True Detective season one is so effing amazing. It made me. Look into screenwriting. That show is gritty, passionate, smart, violent, mysterious, uh, just great all around. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. True Detective. Are you familiar with True Detective season one or two? Or? I'm familiar with it. I've never watched it. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. And I, I mean, that was definitely a show that came out 
um, came out of nowhere for HBO and, and really uh, broke down a lot of doors, particularly in the height of the uh, McConaissance. Uh, we saw Matthew McConaughey at the time. So uh, that show is definitely amazing. Salute to Kerry Fukunaga for doing that one. Um, our second comment comes from Tony Wagner, big fan of the show, comments very frequently. Um, the big thing about Carrie is that he always takes projects that normally would be cliche and makes uh, them feel much more special and exceptional based on how well his films are executed. Mm. Uh, he is very he is a very experimental very experimental director due to the fact that every project he directs is completely different than his previous one. This is why I am excited to see what he will bring to Bond Twenty Five. Love the podcast like always, and what is your most anticipated? film for the rest of this year wow thank you tony that was a great comment uh what's your most anticipated film for the rest of the year kid uh come back to me come back to you yeah well yeah i'll I'll just the top half of this yeah i I do agree uh the fact that every one of his films are very different have a very different and distinct style does make him an experimental director um and i am very excited to see what he's going to do with the next james bond movie particularly because the last time we saw him try to play in a big studio franchise, as we discussed in last week's episode, was with uh, Warner Brothers and developing uh, the It movie. And how you know Warner Brothers kind of made It um, based on his script, but without him directing, but kind of made a more commercial product. Kind of wonder if the James Bond people are going to do the same thing. Um, but either way, this is going to be uh, Darren Craig's last uh, James Bond movie. So uh, that's going to be crazy. But uh, did, is that did, did, I, did I stall long enough to uh, to to get uh, anticipate it? Because I have a definitive one. But yeah, I mean, I I looked up a list of movies coming out because my memory's not great. A lot of the movies I was looking forward to, like Halloween, yeah. and A Simple Favor. Um, mm, those have I still come haven't out. seen that. One. Yeah, I liked it. I like both of those. A lot of the movies that have been coming out lately that I've gone to see have been. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of them, but I think the most anticipated for the future. Of 2018 would have to be Creed 2. Creed 2? Ah, uh, Creed 2, yeah. The yeah. Creed 2. I mean, I was a big fan of the first one. Uh, and, of course, uh, no no Ryan Coogler doing this one, unfortunately. Um, but it's, uh, it's another homie from USC um, who I'm really excited to see uh, uh, prevail uh, off of directing this one. Uh, for me, for me, my personal most anticipated, I got two. Uh, there's the new Alfonso Cuaron movie, uh, Roma, that's coming out on Netflix. I know very experimental, like black and white. Uh, it's all that <laughs> bullshit RB3 likes, but whatever. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, it's, I, I'm excited to see what uh, the new uh, 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 the new Quran film is going to be like, especially since it, it did really well at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, and number two, I showed you the trailer for it. I, I, as soon as I saw the trailer for it, I texted you the, this trailer for that movie Widows, bro, with uh, Viola Davis. Mm, that looks so good, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The one, uh, Steve McQueen's new one. Uh, that I one, that one I'm definitely... Oh, also, I kind of just skipped my mind. It wasn't on the list I Googled, but um, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. That comes out this Friday, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. To go see that. That one, that one, that one looks really good. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of good biopics that 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 are coming out too. The the one with uh, Adam McKay did about uh, Dick uh, Dick uh, the vice president. I want to say Dick Tracy, <laughs> but it's not <laughs> Dick Tracy. Nixon? No, uh, the the vice president who was uh, with Bush. Oh, vice president with Bush, Al Gore. N- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. There yeah, we go. Yeah. I said Dick Tracy. Dick Cheney. That's close yeah. enough. <laughs> I always think of uh, Dick. Let's get into yeah. the politics. Let's, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Nah, I don't want <laughs> to do that just yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's move on to the next comment here. The next comment 
um, comes from uh, Jacka J. Wow, that's a great name. Um, as much as I respect the idea of this show and the plot is content, you guys need to either do more research or watch the filmmakers work or, <laughs> or get someone and who has uh, who has and knows the work. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, thank you, Jacka. No, I really actually really appreciate this comment because this is something I think me and Ace have been very transparent about. We don't really get to watch every single movie from every single director every week. Um, and us, you know, like that's kind of a problem when we're talking about the work, the meaning of, of every director, right? But uh, we're trying to, you know, we, we're trying to incorporate more of, uh, we're trying to incorporate more of the general discussion about the director, more or less. Gotcha. Um, and we, we, we hope to capture as much as we can. You know, we're obviously not going to hit every movie. Um, I thought last week we did pretty good with with Carrie, though. I mean, <laughs> I think last week we actually hit uh, all of his movies, if I'm not mistaken. Or at least uh, Ace didn't finish uh, the first movie, Sam 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 Nombley or whatever. Um, the not, or whatever Sam Sam Numble, which is Carrie Fukunaga's first film. Um, he didn't. Fin- he he watched that one halfway through, so we didn't fully finished that one granted and um i I haven't watched jane Eyre since high school granted but (laughs) i think we we actually had a pretty good discussion about all the all all of his films last week so i thought last week we did pretty good uh the michael mann episode we did terrible and i'll admit that like uh, off the top because that one we only really watched like we only really had a great discussion about four of his movies when he has a entire body of work but you know we're, we're we're trying here people we're trying here yeah um but no, thank you, thank you for the comment. We really appreciate that, and 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 we appreciate that you are a fan of the show and give us constructive criticism, guys. Please leave comments every week on our uh, on our YouTube channel, um, and of course, iTunes listeners. We always love you, always appreciate y'all. Y'all actually do more for us than uh, we can ever say. So thank y'all for doing that. Um, next, we're gonna we're, we're actually gonna talk 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 to Kate a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, talk. Let's get to the research, the content of Kate Hughesby. Yeah, uh, man. It's, a consp- it's all a conspiracy. It's all a conspiracy. Theory. You think we live in a simulation, right? This is a breakdown. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, I just I think it's I have a imagine imagination that I think <laughs> likes to lean into that idea just because it's it's just fun. What, what fuels that that imagination though? What tell us the story of of Cade like from the very beginning? <laughs> the media listeners want to hear this. Yes. All right. Well. Um, yeah, I mean, I ever since a young age, I've been just really drawn to entertainment and, um, you know, acting, filmmaking, TV, and uh, it's something, it's like, it's what I spend most of my time doing as a kid and as an adolescent, and still now is watching, consuming um, video content and performance, and I think uh, if it's something that, you know, you love so much, you spend all your time on, I think that just translates naturally into doing it yourself. I think you know. Can you relate to that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 for context, you are a sophomore at USC Film School. Yeah, production. Where are you pr- at? Production student studying film production, the hardest program to get into. <laughs> did you? I want. I want to throw a fact that did you, did you know this? It's harder to get into the USC Film School production program than it is to get into Harvard Law. I did hear about that. Yes. And that makes me happy because I'm not smart enough to get into Harvard. <laughs> but you are talented enough to get into uh, the production program. Apparently. And you're, yeah. a so- you're a sophomore, right? Yeah, I'm a sophomore. Um, what else? I, I, you I, are, I you am are, in DKA. You're in DKA. Delta Kappa Alpha. Delta Kappa Alpha. That's how we it's know each other. It's our cinematic um, gender-inclusive fraternity, which is a lot of fun. If you have one in your college, you should definitely consider. Yeah, looking looking to Delta Kappa, especially Alpha. if you're listening to the meaning of. 
get that movie oh, get yeah. that movie questioning going with your fellow decas. Anyways, yeah, uh, more uh, about me. Or... Yeah, more about yeah. <laughs> keep, keep coming, man. Tell me, you, you have a very big position in Hollywood right now. For as young as you are, uh, you are what a lot of people don't know is listen. All of our listeners, we we have a very 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 good fan base here. Um, and I, as I'm sure of our all of our listeners are familiar with Smosh. I learned how amazing the meaning of fan base is when we made flick ticks. I mean, the meaning of fan base showed up, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they clicked that like button. They sure did. They we sure did. It. We're gonna get to flick ticks in a minute, but I want to get to you and your relationship <laughs> with one of the original Smosh creators, Anthony Padilla. Um, oh yeah. Um, and who are, who is no longer with Smosh works independently, but you are basically uh, his right hand man. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I I emailed him back in August, and I was looking to do an internship or something of that sort, a job um, in the industry this semester. So I emailed a few of my favorite creators, him being one. Mm. Um, he was the only one who responded, and um, I, you know, he I crafted my email for him, and uh, it actually all started with a tweet, believe it or not. Mm. I tweeted out, "Anthony Padilla is making prime content now," mm. and he liked it, and so I. I got like, you know, it just like, I, I felt like, you know, I should just email him and just right. see, you know, what he's interested in and if he needs help. So I asked him, you know, like, do you need, I emailed him, I said, hey, I'm a sophomore at USC, I, um, I'm looking to do something this semester if you need production assistance, creative assistance, whatever you need. And it was a process of getting involved and interviews and stuff like that, but um, in my in in the present, yeah, I'm, I'm his production assistant, and I help out with making the videos, anything he needs. Um, you know, we have brainstorming sessions, which is really fun, uh, and it's all really crazy to me because as a kid, I was a huge Smosh fan, um, and it's it's like a dream come true to be working with one of one of your favorite creators. Yeah, no, I mean absolutely, and and I relate to that. Um, on a much smaller level with, with these guys here at Schmoes, I was a big fan of them, emailed them, reached out, and, and they, they hooked me up here. Um, but you with definitely you, inspired me. No, I definitely did, I definitely don't want to be an inspiration to anybody. Um, but you, uh, <laughs> well, you are, if you like it or not. <laughs> but you, but you, you have uh, achieved working with one of, um, one of the biggest YouTubers on this platform, one of the biggest comedy uh, content creators, uh, and one of, of the most time. persistent creators, I think, on the platform. Exactly, exactly, sure. exactly. So, do you do you find a lot of? Are you, are you finding a lot of appreciation in working with them? Are you learning a lot? Do you think you? Oh, I'm learning so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm learning a lot. Um, the whole process of making stuff specifically for YouTube audience, which I'm sure you've come to learn at Collider and with, through the Schmodown, it's 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 a whole. You have to think about the the YouTube part of it through and through it's not just making a sketch comedy video you know it's yeah. it's um, what are the, what are the trends what are people clicking on what what will make them stay engaged and all that so I I've uh, as as I've started working for him the past two months I've um, started catching myself thinking about those things while like you know conceptualizing a video mm-hmm. and um, he's just he's so he's just I can't say enough good things about Anthony he's just so um, such a nice guy, and he's really helped guide me through, uh, you know, um, I guess collaborating with him and making sure that we work well together. And we we do we work really well together, so it's it's a really fun uh, job. Yeah, no, that's dope. That's super dope, man. You, you, you're killing it. You're only 20 years old, younger <laughs> than me, uh, making big moves in this town. 
Um, I and just I just emailed him, man. I just, you just emailed me, and you, you literally you literally put you you casted me in one of uh, Anthony's. Uh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, the Pussy Spice Latte Pussy video. Pussy Spice Latte, man. That was a great time, man. Yeah. That what was, was that like time. for you? What was that experience? On, um, uh, man, I was, was just busy, you know, keeping my, keeping my focus yeah, on the production. Like, literally but. doing everything. And uh, you were doing everything. I was just there. Uh, being in shock that I met the guy from Smile. <laughs> I think every kid, you know, every every person who grew up in this generation, in the YouTube generation, uh, is familiar with that to one extent or another, right? So it was just kind of blowing my mind. It was a great time, man. That was that was lit. That was dope. Yeah, thank you so much for doing it. It was so funny. Yeah, no, it yeah. turned out so good. No, no, it was it was it was all him and that delicious drink he's he he was serving. <laughs> um, so I was just, but yeah, that was, but you know, going back to you, Cade. Um, of course, you're working for Anthony. Uh, of course, you are um, a part of one of the um, proli- one of the best film schools of, of in, in the world. Um, and I'm just humble bragging because, you know, I go to but USC. But, dude, so are you, bro. Uh, like. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and you're also part of uh, the, the the world's, you know, or at least one of the best uh, film fraternities, cinematic fraternities in the world, too. Is it? Um, like, I don't know if there are any other fraternities. I don't know if there's any other cin- cinematic fraternities. But, but Alpha the, Chapter, where the, are you at? We're the, I mean, we're the best. And we're just always, I mean, just DK is the best. So if you're, if you're a DK, if there's a DK anywhere near your college, if you're in college, definitely uh, uh, pledge. Um, but you also had stand-up comics for for a, a while, which is a podcast that we used to do together. Hey, yeah. Sit-down comics. Sit-down comics, yes. And and it was a show that was very comedy-inspired, and I think that's mm-hmm. kind of is what inspires this conversation that we're having today yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, so what, what what was what what do you what do you see as comedy? What what's your connection to comedy? Like how how connected are you to to like give, give us the breakdown why do you why do you feel so strongly about comedy um okay well i guess as i was i'll start off as i was saying before you know like just entertainment in general mm-hmm. um and comedy was just always you know my number one it was mm-hmm. just like i don't i don't think you know drama horror any other genre lives up to what comedy you know brings to humanity um mm. <laughs> that's that's a deep sentence but hey. um i think that like i never really started considering comedy as something i could really do with my life um mm. until i took a few comedy classes at usc one of them being a stand up comedy class mm. Um, and I knew like, you know, after every class, whether I had bombed or or done really well, that I cared a lot about how I did and I cared about making people laugh. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of showed me that, um, that like, you know, you can do comedy and you can get better at it and you can learn and you can collaborate with people. And like in my job now, I laugh. I mean, I'm, 90% 90% of my job is like trying not to laugh on set. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like that is so I just feel so lucky to be in that position because I, you know, I just love comedy and um it's really it's kind of similar to Judd Apatow why he loves comedy. It's like a it's like a reflection of real life showing, you know, all of our flaws and the good moments, the bad moments and keeping a positive spirit throughout it all because you know, life in general can just be kind of crappy sometimes. But if you can find a joke or you can find, you know, an irony or a hypocrisy or, you know, it's all like it's all, it's all like about being, you know, aware of 
the context and aware of situations and where everybody lies and everything like that. So I think it's like the most intricate genre. Mm. Um, and I think it appeals to me the most because it just makes me happy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 what it's about, man. And 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 being happy is definitely something we we, we want to incorporate into uh, a lot of the sad sadness that surrounds us in our society. Um, Yikes! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, speaking of bringing joy to some sad situations, let's talk about Movie Pass and uh, Flick Ticks, right? Flick Ticks. <laughs> what a great transition. Okay, the meaning hey. of listeners need to understand. RB three is like a podcast genius. No, I'm not, man. Do you Come hear on, that transition, guys? Oh, okay, sorry. Continue. Stop gassing me. Um, nah, this. So Flick Ticks is, is a film that we, and of course, we've collaborated on many other things together. We've done Artists of Venice before this, and uh, we recently just completed another film uh, that you directed with, uh, or another short, some some sketches that we did with uh, that you directed. I DP'd on. Too, but uh, Flick Ticks was was a collaboration that we had kind of cooking for for a little bit, and uh, and and we just kind of sat down and pounded it out, wrote a draft and and wrote more drafts, and 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 uh, yeah. So what 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 was your takeaway from the whole Flick Ticks experience? Because we 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 worked, you know, we, we were definitely working on that one. Uh, the takeaway from the Flick Ticks experience. Just give us what Flick Ticks in general. Like, I loved making that project. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought it was really impressive that we were able to do it, you know, with school and balancing um, everything. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to how work, how well we work together because yeah. even though we had a lot to, you know, a lot of obstacles in time, you know, we put it off for a little bit. But I think, you know, the fact that we actually ended up doing it and, like, it was a – we were happy with it in the end. It's just, like, there's no better feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And, uh, and you know, you, you – Oh, you were obviously co-writer, uh, producer, star. Hey. Uh, what, what, what went into your whole process? I mean, because for me as a director, it's easy for me to just be like, hey, I want to shoot it this way, shoot it this way. But for 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 you being, you know, playing all those multiple hats, uh, you know, what, what, what was, you know, give, give us something here. You know what I mean? Like, what, what do you think? Like, what was... What was, okay, your, I came what was out your experience? Of, I came out of Flicktix realizing a few things about myself as an artist, and that's that um, just in general, I like acting more than I thought. Mm, okay. Um, I like producing less than I thought. Yeah, and I had right. done, you know, I'd done both a fair amount, but like as I become more professional, professionally driven, mm. it's more about figuring out what makes, what makes me the happiest doing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I want to do more acting. Um, I loved writing. I, I want to do more writing. I, I learned a lot writing that script because I was kind of like the first comedy script I'd written after my stand-up comedy class. So incorporating, mm-hmm. like, those different aspects right. into the script was a lot of fun. Um, you know, just joke writing, stuff like that. Um, a lot of, like, the fake the fake movie titles. Like, right. that was so fun. That was great. And it's just cool and like you're writing about something you know a lot about. You know, like you know a lot about movies. Mm. I know less than you know about movies. No, I don't but, know about that. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, we both have pretty extensive knowledge, I think. Yeah, um, but still, it was like, it was just a really fun experience. And then, you know, meeting Ken Napsok and yes. uh, having him star in Flick Ticks was like unbelievable. Um, he's so nice. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he had us on his podcast. That was so much fun. Yeah, Knapsack Files. And on the, uh, yeah, he had us on Knapsack Files. Yeah, yeah he right. had us on uh, Knapsack Files Life Ranked. So, you yeah. know, definitely check out that podcast too if you want to hear more about Flick Ticks. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we break yeah. it down in depth there. Yeah, we break it down really in depth. And also, if you pay for his Patreon, there's more there about USC Film School. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what about you? What was what was the flick takes experience like for you as the director? Because this is the meaning of you know. What's, uh, what's the meaning of Robert's flick takes? Of, of my, of my, I don't know what the meaning of anything is uh, that I make. Um, but <laughs> um, no, obviously, I, 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 I just, uh, I mean, as both a fan of Movie Pass, uh, I feel like you can't be a fan of anything without like having some like harsh criticisms towards it you know what I mean totally without, without holding it accountable for, for things that you love and I loved the movie pass idea and I loved what movie pass represented um, I just kind of wanted to kind kind of want to rip on on, on on some of the shittier elements that they they have but I think <laughs> I think ultimately it came I mean I thought it came through with a lot of love towards towards it I hope if somebody from movie pass watches it hope they're not too pissed at it <laughs> because I really, I really think that uh, I tried to give a little sympathy and heart to the uh, to Mister Mister Knapsack's character. Yeah, he definitely um, is a a sympathizable character. Yeah, he yeah. was just trying to do the right thing, man. He was just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, speaking of doing the right thing, let's let's move on into uh, Jad Apatel. <laughs> there you um, go again with that transition. I yeah, love it. I don't. I, one really didn't make any sense, so I don't. <laughs> I know, but that's the art of it. That's you know? the art it of it. It just yeah. still works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just thank you, thank you, man. Hey, man, you Close, should you bro. should come in more often, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let so, me know in the comments. Should I come back? Comments. Let me know how you're doing so far. Follow me um, on Instagram. Follow you on Instagram at K Hughes. Can't follow me on Twitter because my Twitter got deleted, but whatever. Um, That's because you forged an identity and you faked your birth. I don't know about, I don't know about no, all kidding. that. <laughs> um, but let's get into Jad Apatow. Uh, he obviously is one of the most prolific producer, writers, directors in Hollywood, um, responsible for breaking out multiple comedy stars um, and 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 just b- being a yeah, tremendous if impact. You, if you've watched comedy in the past 10 to 20 years, you're most likely watching a Judd Apatow production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or something that, that kind of takes direct influence from that. And, of course, he had a, a background in stand-up comedy, um, as you know, as a youth and 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 all that and all that business, but w- w- when you really start diving into the, his career and you know his early work with him and, and Paul Feig, Freaks and Geeks, um, is one of the earliest uh, things that I, I I definitely recognize off of his uh, filmography, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, and that's a show that g- grew to huge. Uh, critical acclaim but uh he, he also came off for pr- producing you know uh for ben stiller for the ben stiller show the Le- larry stander show uh the cable guy so he has he had an extensive career as a producer um before he uh started making features himself um yeah and a lot of his early career was um stand-up focused um he mm-hmm. did stand up from like the age of 17 to 24 or something like that right. and um, that was him, you know, getting his voice, his comedic voice, honing his comedic voice, I feel like. Um, and he would interview a lot of his idols, stand-up comedian idols, through a school, like, radio show. He would go mm. travel to, like, their homes. And he actually, like, wrote a book called – I forget what it's called, but he wrote a book. And uh, he published, like, all those interviews from back when he was a kid. Oh, really? Wow. That's amazing. No, I mean – he definitely, um, you know, finding your voice in stand-up is is something that's uh, 
you know, obviously a lot of a lot of people find who they are through their artwork and through what they do, their expression. Um, but stand-up in particular is something that is very vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there to the world. So I think his transition as a film director is interesting, especially, like, the kind of movies that he ultimately ends up making. Um, because I feel like a lot of his movies are about vulnerability, are about... Um, are about you know be opening up and, and trying to be yourself in, in a world that doesn't really want to you know doesn't really want you to be you too you yeah know? also with sta- it's yeah that's so true and with stand up it's a lot of like real life experiences mm-hmm. um, you know that you end up telling on the stand up stage and a lot of his movies are really based in real experiences that either he's had or a co writers had or co producer or something like that so he really likes to like base his stuff in reality yeah well let's you know let's 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 get into what 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 does what do you think is the overarching theme of Jada Apatow? like what do you think if you were to look at his filmography and um, as a producer as a director what would you say is like the overarching idea, the overarching theme that he's trying to get at? I think the overarching theme he's trying to get at with his work is trying to get the audience to reflect on what really matters in life. What really matters in life. Yeah, I think I think that I think that kind of falls in in line with love, um, the mm. idea of love and, and romantic partnership, and um, and you know coming to terms with the difficult shit in life and turning it into comedy. Yeah, I feel that. And and, and um, that's what you definitely see in a lot of his producing career, right? So well, let's talk about some of the things he's produced, of course. Mm-hmm. He's had mega hits. Uh, probably the biggest of which I'd, I'd probably say the biggest hit he's had uh, as a producer is Superbad. Absolutely. It's one of, if not my favorite movie ever. Hey, so it, hey, and 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 it kind of broke Jonah Hill out to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. It's definitely, I'd probably say as... In terms of high school movies, you you could put this next to any high school movie ever made, and 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 it will stand you know the test of time, and 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 truly live as one of the greatest you know comedies of all time. Yeah, for sure. Um, and 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 you see that you know you you never really understand how much of an impact a movie has until you see like the impact of the stars afterwards. Sometimes too, right? Yeah. This is a complete breakout for Emma Stone, Jonah Hill. Um, Seth Rogen and, and Evan Goldberg, Evan Goldberg, mm-hmm. who wrote the script based on their like real life, ex- like high school experiences yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um, McLovin has become a cultural icon. Um, Your boyfriend is a dork. McLovin, hey man, I, I I still know if I'm repping Kanye. He, apparently, he tweeted some apologies. I can't tweet. I can't check Twitter because because uh, my uh, account's been deleted. Um, but right, right, right. But of yeah, there's. Uh, <laughs> Super, yeah, but Superbad definitely resonated and 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 birthed a lot of the people who we've become familiar with um, in today's generation. And uh, but yeah, wh- why would you say that's probably you say that's probably your favorite one of his entire career in terms of in- including producing, including directing? Um, um, I think it's I think it's my favorite because I can relate to it more than a lot of his other work. Mm-hmm. Just from, you know, the demographic, the right. age range of the characters mm-hmm. being in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah, high school. Yeah. Um, Senior. And also I love it for the reason that you can see all of these stars, these comedic stars that we all love. Um, you know, before they were Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, um, Bill Hader, you know, it's like Emma, you know, even Emma Stone's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the writing is so smart and it just 
again, like it just feels so realistic. Like everything, everything unfolds in such a real way that you're just so pulled in, and you, you know, the stakes, the the stakes are relatable. Mm-hmm. So you want to, you're drawn into like that story. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, exactly. And I think that's why that movie hits with so many different audiences. And and, and fake, I think it hits in the same way that uh, you know, I think the TV show, the narrative TV show, at least that kind of. Uh, brought him out to the spotlight uh, as a producer was uh, Freaks and Geeks. Um, mm-hmm. I think Freaks and Geeks possesses a lot of the same qualities, a lot of the same relatability, and definitely the star power, too. I mean, you know, we talk about Seth Rogen kind of having his... The Martin star power. The Mar- Martin star <laughs> power. Hey, I like that. I like that. Martin star, obviously, Silicon Valley, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, Seth Rogen, obviously the biggest comedy star probably in the world right now, uh, next to maybe Kevin Hart or whatever. Um, you know, and Freaks... Freaks and Geeks, James Franco, uh, 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 who else? Uh, everybody, just everybody. everybody. J- Jason Segel. I personally think that show is Sam like Levine. ahead of its time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, your buddy Sam Levine is in it. Yeah, like, Sam Levine. I feel like, is he in here somewhere? Yeah, he might person? be on one of, the, one of these walls. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Sam. Freaks and Geeks, I feel like, you know, it, it didn't get renewed. And that's honestly so shocking watching it back because. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it really built up a cult status uh, uh, after it ended, and mm-hmm. just just became this a, a, a whole new thing, which is which is just amazing. Um, and of course, that that also brought uh, Paul Feig out out to the world too. For, for I really people. feel like that show would have done well today because yeah. geek culture is so prominent. You know, yeah, it's almost uh, pop think, culture. Yeah, that show would have killed, especially that show. Even though it was made in 1999, 2000s, also set in the 80s though. So it definitely would have played on the '80s nostalgia a lot more today than I probably totally, think they would have. Yeah. It would have had back in the, the other day. Yeah, you get, you get. Um, but his other producing work in TV, more recently with Crashing and Love, um, he's just he's just literally lighting the comedy community on fire in a good way. You know, he's mm-hmm. on Netflix with Love. He's on HBO with Crashing. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's doing, yeah. he's doing more stand-up now. He's doing a lot of charity shows. Yeah, he's, and of course, we, we, we can't forget to mention uh, his, his work as a producer on Anchorman as well. And Bridesmaids. Yeah, Man, yeah. I mean, some, all of these are like some of my favorite movies. Too. Undeclared, which is like the unofficial sequel to uh, Freaks and Geeks. But yeah, they, 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 all, uh, they all do great. But let's, let's really hop into um, his career as a director because uh, I feel like when we dissect what... He's trying to say thematically, we we really should look into uh, what what he what he has dedicated um, his focus towards the most, which I think is his directing, uh, his directing his directing career. And and yeah, I think what's interesting about Judd's career is that he's really able to like kind of cult like um, cultivate his own um, director, you know, resume as you will. Um, yeah. But like, it just seems like he's he's really good at. Figuring out which projects he should produce, which ones he should direct, which ones, you know, he should get more involved in or less involved in. Yeah. And I think that just comes from, like, how powerful he thinks the story is. Yeah, yeah. And how much I think it's, it's his passion to the material that definitely that definitely inspires a lot, too. And, you know, especially when we talk about his first movie, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, uh, that's a very passionate movie um, that is all about, which I think, you know, is probably a lot of people would consider his probably his best as a director. A lot of people would consider. Um, I don't personally think we'll get to what I think is my favorite John Apatow film um, later, but this, this movie is obviously the one that put him on the map. Steve Carell, again, uh, not a big star <laughs> yeah. before this movie. 
I blew yeah, up after this. Isn't that crazy? Everybody who kind of walks in his path, like, just ends up becoming a huge star. Yeah, yeah, no, it's insane. And uh, and yeah, this movie deals with uh, deals with Andy, who is uh, played by Steve Carell, um, a man who's forty year old, who's forty years old, and uh, has not lost his virginity. But he meets Catherine Keener, and uh, she she rocks his world a little bit. Uh, this this movie is, is is hilarious to me. What what's your take on on forty year old virgin? I love forty year old virgin because it's such a unique story, and I feel like there's de- you know there's definitely like people out there who can relate to it. Not about being a virgin necessarily, but about like other things um, mm. where they build it up in their head so much and they put it off for so long that they actually just can't perform the task itself. Mm. Um, I think that's just another you know, example of him giving us relatable stakes. Um, and then, you know, with it being about sex and having a bunch of like coworkers that are, you know, like funny dudes, it just, it just like is an explosion of like laugh after laugh and awkward and tension and all that good stuff and like them being placed in the radio shack store it's just like there's it's like the little details that just make you laugh in this one yeah no um it, this movie yeah the radio shack i didn't think about that yeah that definitely puts a bit of a it's date like shit playing on the tvs all the time yeah 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 it puts a little <laughs> bit of a date on like the movie because shit radio shack like doesn't exist but i think that that whole quality of them using the background tvs almost is like an extra comedy prop exactly to a certain yeah. extent too yeah uh yeah. When they're showing the the crazy uh, the set with the pornos on that one in that one scene, uh, and in the the, uh, the girl lead, what's her name? Kathleen uh, Keener. Yeah, she she owns a store called I'll Sell Your Stuff on eBay. Yeah, right. Like it's so it's such a time it's such a time it's, that's uh, a time stamp. Time yeah, stamp. yeah, two yeah. thousands. That's how we were rolling back then, man. That was consumerism back then. TVs and pre-online uh, eBay. Yeah, um, <laughs> now Radio Shack's like out of business, probably. Yeah, eBay's damn near out of business too. Um, I actually don't know if that's true, but Amazon's killing it. Seth right Sauce keeping eBay alive, man. Seth Sauce, that's what's up. Uh, nah, I mean this movie definitely uh, deals with a lot of different levels of sexuality. I feel like to a certain mm-hmm. extent, even though it's about Andy being a dude who is 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 not getting laid it's also about uh the people who surround him right and how their and how their their kind of sexual deviancies kind of kind of kind of surround him the the funniest character to me in this movie is the black homie and I, I, his name slips in my mind just that quick um but I just got done watching this movie too but um he's played by um uh Jay 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 played by our Ro- Romini uh Marco uh, to to me to me the, the brother had the funniest lines in the movie whenever he uh, whenever he popped up and it was always the subplot about him cheating on his girlfriend and how he's dealing with his own like egotistical like uh, struggle of like masculinity to a certain extent too. Um, right, right. Seth Rogen has has a really funny part and of course Elizabeth Banks is is uh, truly hilarious. Or I'm sorry, um, Leslie Mann is 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 the one who like truly kills me in this movie. Uh, yeah, when she has so the drunk funny. driving scene, um, yeah. No, what what else do you, what what else stands out? I'm just to? looking at the cast here, and it, again, it's just another like just total list of stars. We've got Mindy Kaling, Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. Kat Dennings, Kevin Stormy Hart, yeah. fucking Daniels. Is, is she really in this movie? Uh, yeah, Jonah <laughs> Hill, funny. Jane Lynch. <laughs> um, as you said, Leslie Mann, Elizabeth Banks, Steve Carell, Kat, Kat Paul Dennings, Rudd, Kat Dennings playing the daughter. 
of of so Captain funny. Um, but I think my favorite, my a few of my standout um, favorite actors in this film, definitely Roman Romani Malko, as I say it. Yeah. Uh, Jane Lynch. Um, and Paul Rudd's character always cracks me up in this. Oh yeah, Jane, Jane Lynch is hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Paul Rudd has has a, has kind of his own interesting thing going on with his, and I, I think that's where where uh, Jad Apatow movies really work. There's different levels to the comedy, right? Mm-hmm. There's different people who define different um, standards and different uh, perspectives on the same on the same theme, and it all kind of runs. Throughout the, their their sexuality, um, now a bigger question I kind of want to pose to you, which I think is uh, something that you know some corners of the internet has kind of adopted. I think is a very interesting theory. Um, is Andy Steve Carell's character is he actually gay in this movie? Is he actually not like women? Uh, that um, that could be a very possible because uh, because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that he displays a greater sense of affection for um his male counterparts than uh, than uh than than uh his female counterparts in a lot of ways but that's just some that's some readings of it and 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 other readings are that he's potentially closeted what do you think what do you what do you what do you take what do you take away from that i personally don't necessarily think that's even relevant to the story however i think that's really interesting because it could you know, it could kind of help explain the parts of this movie that the parts of this guy's story that we don't see. You know, the the more um, the more like contextual stuff that came before the movie in terms of like the universe um, yeah. of the movie. Because it shows flashbacks of when he tries to have when he tries to hook up with tries to hook up with girls previously. Yeah, I think I think um, again, I don't think it's relevant to this. However, I think that Steve Carell always plays that character that is um, sexually and romantically oblivious. Yeah, ambiguous. Um, oblivious is the word I was trying to use. <laughs> He's oblivious of picking up signs of oh, okay. you know his own feelings towards somebody. Mm, okay. Um, we see that a lot in the office um, as well. And mm. I think in the time that he grew up being a nerd himself, it's like he was always told to like probably you know, become that macho man. He probably thought he never lived up to those, those expectations. And we see that that fall throughout the, throughout the 40-year-old virgin of him taking down his, like, dolls and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot that goes into his character for sure, but I don't know if he's necessarily gay. Right. Now, do you, now, now a second question that I would like to ask, and, and this is, un, this is uh, unrelated, but when you mentioned the... the, uh, the 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 fandom that he has on his walls, right? When he when he has the Iron Man's, the the uh, the the the, the, the uh, <laughs> before Iron Man was actually popular too, by right. the way, the Thors, all those all those toys. Um, you know, a lot of people are you know that's that's kind of the stereotype for fandom, right? For nerddom, that you're you're forty year old, you're forty years old, you're, you're still playing with with action figures and 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 comic book characters do you like do you think that since 2004 that stereotype has kind of flipped a little bit because i think i think the stereotype of of the fan what it means to be a fan yeah the fandom being the the desexualized the virgin because that's that's an old that's an old-timey belief that 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 still carries through but do you think that you think we've we've evolved since then or I think we've definitely evolved since then. I also think it's interesting because you mentioned all the things in his room and the collectible items, right? But, like, um, 
if you think about it from his perspective, like this was before there was so much exposure to like the internet community, and like I feel like that's kind of where the nerd community kind of grows is mm. through the internet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, somebody who you know these movies, these fandoms mean a lot to him. He's there's not going to be like the internet, the Instagram explore page to just like go look at Iron Man clips, you know. So you have to have the poster. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it also shows that you know he's like a. He does, he is a guy who cares about things that don't matter, and that's kind of where his flaw is. Mm-hmm. He finds like the meaning in like these the toys more than he does the toys, the posters, the ideas, um, what I his think friends think about. That's all what I was of gonna it. say. That's what I was gonna say next. But I think is, we've evolved, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's what I was gonna say. Do you like? You know, I think the biggest part of it is he uses the toys and he uses you know all those things as kind of a mask for uh for his uh inadequacies and proving to his friends of, of you know of his manlyhood or whatever you know he 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 you know like you said he he's kind of putting on his mask for his buddies uh and he's not satisfied with like his 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 relationship with i mean that's why you know that's also partially why the whole is andy gay question comes up is because they literally have that whole conversation oh you're gay if you uh do this you're gay if you do that but he's so worried about his perception of of the way that his friends think about him that he that he doesn't focus on on getting actually laid so yeah i mean any thoughts or um i think i think the whole like gay thing is also a time stamp for this movie um yeah i think this definitely yeah yeah i think it's a time when the word gay was used um you know just as an insult as an insult as like sort of a a slur, a demasculinizing yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, but wait, what was your question again? Was it? Well, do you do you, do you just think that you, I was just I was just further elaborating on on him being so concerned with what his friends think that right. that you know that 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 impression of him of, of of his own image might be you know. Well, I think I think somebody who's forty years old and is still a virgin, they have such a negative image of themselves, and yeah. that translates into low Mm self-confidence which then you know if you think you know 100 percent i'm going to get rejected then you never put yourself out there right and you know that's what he does and what judd apatow likes to do is really have a flawed character a flawed protagonist um Mm -hmm. so that by the end they learn something about themselves and the world around them yada yada right but i think that um this character is extremely flawed and i think from the outside looking in you know as a stranger it's really easy to see that but i think in this universe where you know this character exists mm-hmm. maybe he's not able to see that so clearly yeah right, right. now you know you you, you mentioned flawed characters which jab tells great at particularly with andy um i think it successively uh shows in his next film uh knocked up um which stars seth, seth rogan uh Catherine heigl uh, <laughs> and okay, we, yeah. we laugh so, every time we say we say her name now, but uh, yeah, what happened with her? Didn't she like cuss somebody out or yeah, yeah, <laughs> burn a bridge or something? Yeah, she burned a lot of bridges, and you know, particularly in working in this movie, she she has some not too positive words to say about um, the process of of this movie and and how her character is represented in this movie. Um, what do you mean? Well, you know, her character is kind of presented as a very stuck-up, kind of tight-ass, you know. Okay, woman. wait, can I get into that really quick? Yeah, sure. Go, go, let's grab it. So I think that you know, bouncing off the flawed character thing, the 
the main character in this, played by Seth Rogen, he is extremely flawed. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the comedy comes from. You know, he's making a, his job is literally coding a website where you can see celebrities' boobs. So, like, <laughs> there's flaws there. And I think, uh, I think Catherine Heigl's difficulty with her character might come from the thing that Judd Apatow likes to do the most. Controversial. Uh, I think what he likes to do the most is put a flawed character up against a really strong character who's really sure of themselves. Mm. And that's what we see in Katherine Heigl's case. But again, she's flawed too in that she thinks life should be this perfect thing wrapped up in a bow. And then, you know, she gets shocked when she's pregnant with this this guy's baby. Seemingly loser um, guy. Bias. Yeah, isn't she like a reporter at E or something? Yeah, E, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, those scenes are so funny. I think that's also such a time. I love how he puts these little timestamps in there because yeah. E is so irrelevant, I feel like, nowadays. <laughs> it really, it kind of is. Uh, All they do is regurgitate social media posts. Hey, well, I, I'm not, I actually don't watch E, so I don't <laughs> know what, what they're actually doing. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're looking for some movie news, people watch Collider Movie Talk every uh, Monday through Thursday from uh, 4 to 5. Yep. Um, anyway. That's what um, I watch. Yeah, they, are, do you watch, you watch Movie Talk? Yeah. Really? Yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah, dude. I believe you. I watched The Meaning of, all of it. Really? What was our last episode? The Maniac episode? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see you this again. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Anyway, all right. So, uh, um, yeah, no. Knocked Up is actually uh, my f- one of my favorite. Actually, no. Knocked Up is my favorite romantic comedy of all time. Uh, this this movie, uh, I for some reason I don't know why I don't know how um, I'm not I never even think of getting a, a conceiving a child or any of that nature. I have no relationship to the story at all. But for some reason, this movie just always uh, touches me in a certain type of way that is unusual for most romantic comedies too. Um, and I think it it really does play on. You're right, the flawed character, the severely flawed. Ben Stone, who d- d- don't get it twisted, like he's a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking moron. Like. <laughs> he sits at home, smokes weed, tries to program a computer, but he he shows he has potential, and he shows that he's ready to take care of this baby that he has always wanted to. Uh, that he's wanted to take care of, and of course, and that he he doesn't want to take care of, but he wants to get involved in in that life. And this is a particularly big issue in in America in, in 2007. I mean, you know. Mid two thousands, the whole pregnancy wave was was off the charts. Uh, <laughs> what 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 do you I, mean the pregnancy wave? Just people getting pregnant, like especially especially a lot. You know, uh, uh, it was it was a lot was of because the iPhone came out. Or? No, no, not not just because the iPhone came out, <laughs> but the, the the times are changing. Where you know, I think in the mid two thousands in particular, particularly with like underage pregnancies, I think is was was the on the tip of the tongue for yeah, a lot of people. I guess they were like glorified through like Teen Mom and like eighteen and pregnant. Yeah, so. yeah, and then I mean. That was just what people cared about, and Juno was also this one of the biggest comedy hits that came out uh, during this time period. Uh, and yeah, I mean that was just that was just what was on the minds of people during that time. But uh, this movie, like, fuck Obama's president, let's get fucking pregnant. Bro. <laughs> it was Everything's before, gonna be okay. Yeah, before Obama was president, this is when Bush was president. So oh uh, shit, I, I don't know, I don't know what, what that says, but. Um, but yeah, no, this I, I like fuck. We're screwed. Let's get pregnant for, for some for some reason. Cinema and television and the culture in general was just fascinated with pregnancy. So this movie kind of came out during that time. Um, but I I think this movie is is hilarious, and um, I think this movie's representation of of a guy who is 
a stoner. He's a stoner. No, yeah. no, no, no doubt about it. Um, but who who is functional enough to uh, manage some responsibility? What's really interesting to me is like how Judd will like glorify the stoner, but then also make it make the stoner um, also wouldn't show him in a negative light. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like it's almost like he's trying to to show us like you know both sides both, both sides of the coin yeah both sides of the dumbassery that comes with uh, <laughs> smoking weed the entire day like like Ben does and uh Ben Stone in in, in this movie <laughs> his last uh, name's Stone <laughs> yeah i mean Stone hey that's hey he, hey there we go jobs out putting in putting in names but um I think it's particularly funny, you know, when you look at the couple of Debbie and Pete, right? They're kind of... Oh, my God. I love that that couple. Yeah. And, and they're kind of meant to represent the actual Leslie Mann, Jad Apatow, like, real-life relationship, right? They kind of put yeah. together. And uh, it's just funny that he kind of represents himself through Pod Rudd's character, like, in this movie. Yeah. I think he also represents himself through Seth Rogen's character as well. Yeah. Um, I was watching something... Uh, I forget what it was, but he was talking about the scene where the water breaks and they have to go to the hospital and mm. how like the doctor wasn't the one that they planned. And like mm. that whole scene was based on complete real experience with him and Leslie Mann having their first child. Mm-hmm. And like their doctor was actually at a bar mitzvah in San Francisco, like the doctor <laughs> in the movie. Right. So it's so cool to me how like these moments seem so, um, so like grand, but they're really just like they, they take from real life, you know? And like, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I like him as a director so much is he incorporates like a lot of things that um, kind of remind you about, you know, how how life is right. its own story. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Now, this movie has a surprising amount of heart and it, um, I think it genuinely does have an affection for caring about his characters and, 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 and presenting all of these people in kind of a more uh, – and. and of a of a positive light, but also of like a like everybody here has problems, you know. Yeah, I mean the one the character the Leslie Mann Paul Rudd character, you know, they have problems even mm. though they seem perfect, and you know, right. um, Seth Rogen's the, character has Seth problems, character and, and he also has things that make him a great person, even though he seems from the outside like a total moron, you know. Right. He's um, a nice guy. Yeah, total nice guy, but he but and, and but you even see through like his friends, like through Martin Starr and his. And his and Martin, who's played by Martin, I, I actually really love that. Like Jason C, Jason Segel plays Jason, Jay Baruchel plays Jay, Jonah Hill plays Jonah, Martin Starr plays Martin. Me too. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Uh, but then I think it's even funnier when you look at like how how that side of the the spectrum is 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 how like opposite how polar opposite their lives are, but they each kind of have like their. A uh, crew of like of misfit dumbasses, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, 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 De- like, uh, uh, like, like, uh, Allison has Debbie and and Pete, but you know, uh, Seth Rogen has Jonah and Jay and 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 and, and all those guys, and it's just it's just funny how that whole world. Yeah, it's like the friends kind of set the bar for what their characters expect out of like relationships and the people they get along with, and mm. then it, they're so different that when they come together, it's funny, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I wanted to mention before we move on to the next movie um, that Knocked Up established kind of his very own cinematic universe in his own filmography. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why I was gonna. I was, I was gonna jump right into uh, 
uh, you know, when, when with Debbie and Pete, how they kind of got their own spinoff movie based on on Knocked Up uh, with This Is Forty, right? Yeah, uh, and I don't think it's a decision that necessarily needed to be made, but I think it's really cool that he did make it because it kind of ties his movies together in a way that shows that, like, oh, these are you know, really realistic kind of snippets of life, and here's what these characters end up doing and going through. Right, 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 um, right. And, like, even though you weren't the main... Even though they there wasn't, like, something crazy happening to them at that point during Knocked Up, mm-hmm. but, like, hey... There's still like something's gonna happen to yeah. them. At well, they're point. they're still they're still bickering back and forth and and knocked up. I mean, shit, literally, uh, literally, Paul Rudd's character Pete was like sneaking out of his house to play fantasy, <laughs> fantasy <laughs> baseball, <laughs> and seeing Spider Man three by himself. I also think it's really funny that Spider Man three was like the hype movie of 2007. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love how he put it in his movie. You know, it's like he loves to just like pull from real life. Yeah, yeah, nah, and, and even with James, that interview with James Frank. In, in, in this movie is, is hilarious, um, but yeah, no, but yeah, with this is forty, um, it kind of it kind of highlights uh, the the difficulties of aging, right, as a married couple, right, yeah. and especially with being parents yeah. at that age too. Um, what, what's your takeaway from from this is forty? Um, this is forty really taught me to look at uh, my relationship with my own parents from their perspective, mm. and kind of realize that they are people too. They have flaws, you know. They're mm. they're older, and they you know they show you life, mm-hmm. um, but they're also on their own journeys. Um, that's just one thing I got from it. But um, I think what's really what I really like about this movie, outside of its plot, is um, that he incorporated his wife and his two daughters, um, mm. Leslie Mann and Maude Apatow and Iris Apatow. Mm. Um, and they or were also knocked up. They were also knocked up and like you get to see them age. And, um, I think it's cool that he, he incorporates like their real personalities and like, you know, an exaggerated right. form and a fabricated form to an extent. But like, um, well, that's what, it that's, makes you wonder how much you know how much of Paul Rudd's character is like Judd. Well, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna be my very next question. How do you see uh, the the line between um, actually literally portraying your entire family on screen um, as your personal representation and it being like just a fictional movie? You know, where's like, the line? Yeah, where's the line? Like, do you think? Do you think this is a? Because I mean, when when the entire when your wife and child are in this movie, but you know, Paul, Paul, uh, Paul Rudd is is uh, as Pete is is as the substitute. Is Pete really uh, Judd Apatow, or is is that who you know? Is that who is is that who he is as as a character, uh, just straight up? Or I think I think you do get to know Judd through um, through his character, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think they're you know exact replicas of him. Just like how Leslie Mann isn't playing Leslie Mann, right. and how the two daughters are kind of exaggerated too. But I think again. Um, I think he really takes on the philosophy that in order to write about life and stories, you have to go out and like live your life and live your story. And I think he brings those back to the script and he like, um, he makes sure to, you know, hit all of like a plot point that makes sense and like elevate the story and, you know, the three act structure, whatever he likes to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they're, I don't think they're replicas, but I think you can get to know a lot about um, Judd through his work, and I think that's one of the reasons I like him so much as a director is because um, it's harder to separate the art from the artist in his case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and uh, he makes himself very transparent. I think as yeah. a director too. 
um, which is very valuable. And I think one of his most transparent movies um, is uh, is where really get an idea of who Jad Apatow is as a person and his position in life and his kind of ideology on life to a certain extent is uh, in his 2009 film Funny People. Uh, Funny People is a movie starring uh, Adam Sandler, um, Seth Rogen, of course, again, and um, and and it's about um, an aging stand-up comedian who's dying and um, and and uh, must cope with with the idea of of dying in and of himself. How 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 deeply rooted and sadness stand-up comedy truly is, and yeah. only to have that sadness kind of exemplified in, in death, but also having to crawl yourself back out of that and 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 readjust back to real life after surviving. Um, a disease like he's he he survived but what's your takeaway on funny people do you enjoy this movie this is one of i'd, I'd say it's probably jada patel's most divisive film uh that he's made uh what but where do you land on it do you really enjoy this one or uh yeah i really really do enjoy this one um i can't say that i enjoy it more than um perhaps knocked up mm-hmm. or super right. you know super bad some of his producing work but right um, I do really like it. It's hard for me to kind of rank his movies because I feel like they all just like uh, reach me really well. Um, but funny people for me, um, I think it, I think it kind of again shows a vulnerable, a character that's vulnerable, um, especially one that doesn't like to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Sandler's character is very, uh, you know, like very um, confident and yeah. He's a hilarious guy, and I think a lot of Judd Apatow's career is about um, honoring comedy itself, and I think that this movie really does that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely think so too. And um, you know, particularly speaking from the uh, comedy perspective, uh, this is another perspective that Judd Apatow has had previously um, as a director too. Is is his background in stand up? Um, so incorporating that into this movie. Um, I think also heightens uh, the kind of self-reflectiveness mm-hmm. that 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 he's trying to put on here. Yeah, what did you think about it? Um, I really enjoy this movie. I've always really enjoyed uh, Funny People, even when I first saw it. Now I know the, the biggest. I think the biggest problem with people's perception of this movie comes in the fact of the marketing. Um, I think the marketing really uh, didn't do a good job of of really portraying the movie for what it was. Uh, the, yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, the trailers really spoiled the entire movie, um, and they kind of sold it as like kind of this upbeat comedy. Where I really do think it's funny, a dark comedy. I think, I, yeah. I'd, I'd almost put this as a fucking drama, man. Like I think this is like a hard. Well, actually, that's another thing is he really Judd Apatow really likes to think of his comedies as dramas because mm-hmm. what he does is has a drama at the central of the plot, and then from there, you know, he. Adds like the little details, little lines here and there to make you laugh. Um, I think that's why his movies are so strong. It's because there's such like that sharp like style. Yeah, yeah. No, this movie has has a real emotion. Like a fine aged cheddar cheese. Fine, fine aged cheddar cheese. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, now with now with this with this movie though, you know, kind of dividing uh, a lot of Jad Apatow fans. Um, it kind of I kind of want to address some of the criticisms that we usually see in John Apatow movies, right? Like this movie, in particular, is pretty long. This movie is well over two hours, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that John Apatow has gone through his entire career as a director. Is that his movies are just too long? I mean, uh, uh, Forty Year Old Virgin is Forty Year Old Virgin is relatively short, but 
Knocked up is two hours and nine minutes. This is 40 is two hours and 10 minutes. Uh, Funny people. I'm not sure exactly like the runtime of this one, but uh, but that that also has a pretty long runtime. Do you think that particularly with comedy too? with comedy, the expectation with comedy is get in and get out. But with Jada Apatow movies usually range over two hours long. Do you think that's something that should is warranted as a warranted criticism or that's a fair that's a fair evaluation or? I think it is a fair evaluation because um, I think he has a problem killing his darlings or, mm-hmm. you know, that's right. a saying or whatever. Right. Um, and I think Funny People is one movie where that really stands out. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, I think his characters are so strong and the stakes are so relatable and important um, that I think that, like, I personally am willing to stick around for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I care about his characters a lot. Um, he does a good job of making his audience care. So I think, like, if you're an invested audience member, you know, it's maybe not that big of a deal. But for you personally, do you find it annoying? Um, no, I don't find it. I Well, I don't find it annoying in, in this movie in particular. I actually think... Again, I think I think this movie is really more of a drama, like a real hard hidden drama. Yeah. Um, and I, I think this movie does have problems. I think the third act does kind of fall apart to a certain extent. Like, um, but that's that has nothing to do with the length. I don't think the length is a problem in this movie, nor in Knocked Up. For me, this is forty is is way too long. Uh, yeah. That one. Yeah, that yeah, one, that one's way too long. Yeah, that one yeah. is definitely <laughs> like, oh god, like come on, let's pick this up. And then uh, Trainwreck, I thought was a little bit on the longer side too, but that's not, you know, that's not that's not for nothing for giving two hours of quality comedy entertainment. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's hard for anybody. <laughs> making a two hour movie is hard for anybody to do. Let alone making a two hour comedy that's digestible. Yeah, it's interesting because like when I watch a lot of this, I watch like almost every show he produces, mm-hmm. um, and it seems like at you know there's not so much a cliffhanger but it's almost like wait I didn't get to like see where that finished before mm-hmm. the episode is done you know mm-hmm. um, so I think his his um, influence kind of works really well in the TV space in the movie space maybe not so much mm-hmm. if it's not like an epic you know like Star Trek or whatever it's right, like, right 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 three right. hours or whatever <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> last Star Wars is like two hours and 30 minutes <laughs> I think I think that like when people go in to see a Judd Judd Apatow movie um they're kind of expecting, like you said, you know, fast-paced, witty, stuff like that. Um, mm. But it's not really his thing. And I think it. I think that's why he has such a strong um, niche in, like, the, in the Hollywood community. Because he's, like, so respected for, like, creating these really big scope stories. Right. But within those big scope stories, he, he also incorporates... A lot of improv comedy too that that he allows his actors to just kind of riff to a certain extent. Yeah, um, I don't know how much of that was present in Funny People, but that's definitely a style that was huge in Forty Year Old Virgin and, and Knocked Up and um, a lot of his movies. Um, some people would actually argue that that's what's probably killing the modern like comedy movies today, right? Like the improv. Yeah, like you know, to 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 a certain extent, because really, uh, you know. Outside of the Judd Apatow movies that are doing it, uh, a lot of people aren't really vibing with the big studio comedies and the the kind of uh, a lot of people contribute the seemingly laziness of like the just throwing a camera and letting the improv roll. Uh, a lot of people are contributing that to Judd Apatow's influence. Uh, what, what do you what would you say What would you say to that? Well, I would say to that 
um, is um, shoot, I literally just forgot. Oh, okay, here it is. Here it is. I just remembered. Okay, I, what I would say to that is, it's I think that specific issue is about predictability within a story, and I think for me and maybe a lot of audience members who don't know specifically that this is what's happening to them is. They're kind of seeing a story unfold that they've seen before, and they think, oh, this is so predictable. I mean, that's a problem that I have a lot with, like, these big studio comedies. Right. And I think a lot of Judd's movies aren't so predictable, and I think when you have a plot that is strong and keeps the audience engaged with strong characters, that improv really can't do anything but bolster the comedy, especially when you have such great stars who really know their craft and, like, love comedy just like Judd. Um, I think that improv can like only help like in Bridesmaids when he produced Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the comedy in there was improv and I think it really helped because Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph and like all of those actresses were so strong and like they knew their characters so well that they knew um, what like, you know, what would propel the plot forward while also, you know, making you laugh. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And I think that's why I think that's and I think that's and I think that's what, you know, that's, you know, the improv makes his style distinctive and unique. Um, but I mean, it, it also can contribute to the, the long pace of his movies because sometimes those those scenes just keep going and going, man. Sometimes they just, <laughs> they just keep going and going. It's like this is the end. Like, where's the end? Yeah, this is. The, hey, I love this is the end though. And I actually, uh, my favorite, my favorite standout scene in this movie is of course the scene of Eminem, uh, with Eminem and Adam Sandler at the restaurant. <laughs> I think that scene's hilarious. Uh, even though Eminem can't really act, uh, and it was clear that he can't act, but I thought I thought that scene is just um, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, great year, great year in rap beef, man. Great year in rap beef. Great year. MGK, Eminem. Drake versus Kanye and Pusha T, um, the new one, uh, Cardi B and, and and Nicki Minaj. Where are you land on that one, man? I know you're a big uh, Nicki Minaj fan. Dude, Cardi B, like, Cardi who? Oh, whoa, Shaz being fired. She was arrested, bro. Like, she's a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, but... Um... Uh, I think Judd Apatow would definitely be on Nicki Minaj's side. She, he would be on Nicki Minaj's side? Okay, yeah, I, I have that. I'm just going to take that authority the, above myself. The yeah. New York, or oh, they're both from New York, so I was going to say New York, but they're, they're both, uh, Nicki and, and Cardi are both from New York. Anyway. But Nicki's the queen of rap, whereas yeah. Cardi is a loving hip-hop star who released a song. Oh, that's messed up, man. That's cool. You don't, you don't talk about Cardi B like that. Yeah. Uh, she can throw a shoe at me. I don't care. Listen, man, female rap beef is the best kind of rap beef, if you ask me. They, they really get down and dirty uh but what do you think the meaning of listeners leave us in the comments below yeah. who do you think whose side are you on who side, whose Nick, side do you Nicki, think judd Nicki, would be on Nicki minaj cardi b he's probably watching this female rap beef and was like damn i really wish i can incorporate all this female power into uh into uh my 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 latest film oh wait he did he did and that's in train wreck train wreck starring amy schumer very pro-feminine <laughs> Uh, I was trying really hard to make that transition, bro. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know how to no, go. No, it was flawless. Go. Um, yeah, Trainwreck. Trainwreck is, uh, of course, his most recent feature that he's done. Oh, I uh, love Trainwreck, Robert. Star- starring, Amy Trainwreck. Schumer, uh, <laughs> starring Amy Schumer. Starring Amy Schumer. 
as LeBron James. And LeBron James, yes. Bill he, Hader. Bill, hey, listen, LeBron. There's that. That was the reason I wore this Laker jersey. That was the only reason I wore this Laker jersey today, people. LeBron. LeBron. No, this is not LeBron. This is Lonzo Ball. Uh, me and me and Ace have had this argument multiple times on camera. Um, but, it's your boy Ace. It's, it's, it's Ace here, and he's criticizing uh, Lonzo Ball again. Lonzo Ball's been killing it this season, uh, as of as of the last two games at least. Um, but yeah, let's 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 get into let's get into Trainwreck. Uh, Trainwreck, uh, starring Amy Schumer, who you know I before this movie, I wasn't really familiar with Amy Schumer at all. Um, coming out of this movie, I really enjoyed. Uh, Amy Schumer's performance and what she brought to the table. You know, she obviously wrote the script for this movie too. Um, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of Amy Schumer today, but uh, but in this movie, she really put on a a, a showcase and in, in her in her comedic style. Um, what, what do you take away from Trainwreck, though? Um, I think Trainwreck is. I think it's evidence of like Judd Apatow's progression as a director. I think he took a lot. I think he took a lot more risks in this movie in terms of like um, comedy setups and payoffs and stuff like that with like the LeBron James character and like Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer's character as a whole. Um, but I think it's it's a similar kind of thing um, where you have like the super flawed character up up against the love interest that's like super well put together. It's like the flip of uh, knocked. It's up. like a flip of knocked up, yeah. And I think Amy Schumer's writing um, like really plays into that, and I think that's like Judd Apatow uh, gives Judd Apatow a lot to work with while he's directing. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I'd get I'd give Trainwreck two thumbs up. Um, <laughs> I think it's also another movie where, like in most of his movies, where it's it's kind of like you forget that the camera's there and like you know the coverage is not basic but simple enough that it's not distracting and it's not about the filmmaker; it's about the content. Yeah. And I think like that's something he does really well. Now, would now would you say that this movie kind of rejuvenated? Uh, uh, Jad Apatow's career to a certain extent because I feel like this this is this is forty well I mean not rejuvenated his career but as a director this is forty didn't have the greatest reception neither did Funny People um, mm-hmm. but Trainwreck was a major hit it got nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Comedy Musical it came out and it made a ton of money at the box office um, do you think that was because of the influence of Jad Apatow or was it because of the star power of Amy Schumer or a little bit of both. I think it's definitely both. I think it's an iconic duo. Um, I think um, I think that this was like a time in his life where he was like, like you said, not about like rejuvenating his career, etc. I think like he was really comfortable in the producing position, um, and I think like he probably wanted to get more into get back to his roots a little bit with like stand up type stand up styled script directing um and like really putting his influence on it and i think um you know apparently during the filming of this movie like every night he would go out and do stand up um with Amy Schumer in like the comedy cellar in New York oh, really? City mm, interesting um so i think this movie has a lot of like that energy to it where it's like super fast paced and like just really trying to make you laugh and it, i think it succeeds what about you um, I think it's the C's for the most part. I think this movie uh, is really good. Um, to me, to me, this movie is is really long, and I think that you know, I think there, there's definitely moments of like 
uh, extended like jokes that I'm like, all right, this this could this could be trimmed down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, particularly particularly in the um, what was that one party they went to? Like at one, it was like a baby shower or something. They went to one. Like yeah, ba- I think it was a baby shower, baby shower yeah. or something. But they, they, there was a scene where they're all talking about some bullshit, and and then, <laughs> and then they, and it cuts to like Bill Hader's character, and he's talking to the guys about some bullshit. And I, to me, I was like, all right, like it's two hours and five minutes long. Like right. let's, let's let's push that a little bit. But beyond that, you know, I I, I really enjoy this movie. Um, I you know this you know it's tough. It's it's, it's a little tough for me, Kate. I'm not gonna lie because I really don't like Amy Schumer. And I really don't like Lena Dunham, who Lena Dunham's not involved in this movie, but she is involved in Girls, uh, which is the big Jad Apatow produced show that was like on right. during that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they both pre- they both they both present um, feminism in a very empowering way, um, but I also think it presents it in a very. Uh, I also think it presents feminism in a very privileged way to a certain extent too, and I and and um, and I. And it's not like necessarily a knock towards the movie in particular. Um, I think it's just more towards. I think it's just more towards my negative attitude towards Amy Schumer mm. um, and 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 Lena Dunham. Even though Lena Dunham has nothing, to do. it's, it's mostly with girls that, that I don't really fuck with. Um, the show Girls. I've um, never actually. That's like the only Judd Apatow production I've never watched is Girls. Yeah, uh, I really. I don't know why. I watched the I first just, first two seasons. First two seasons are interesting. Um, Adam Driver in that show is crazy good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I just I just never jived behind this. There's kind of there's kind of like this aura of like you know uh, you know for lack of a better term white feminism that's kind of. Uh, throughout throughout these movies that don't really represent any uh, struggle or any kind of uh, actual actual problem of that 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 women face to a certain extent, um, you know, I mean, not actual problem in in the sense of like there's no problems being addressed. This movie's obviously about like sexuality, about uh, about femininity, about the expectations of 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 of, of men and women. Uh, you know, and, and especially with misogyny and all that stuff, um, and monogamy. I think that's also a big theme of this yeah, movie that doesn't for sure. go. You yeah, know, John monogamy. Cena's character hits on that. I think a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where he wants uh, a monogamous relationship where she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think those are those are uh, great issues, important issues to address. Also, sis- sisterhood is a, is another one that's also big in this movie with Brie Larson's character as well. Wait, so what specific um, issues do you have with this movie? It, well, besides the the the, the moments that, that I talked about before. For the improv, I feel like is, right. is too much, um, but it's not necessarily a particular problem with the movie. I just think it doesn't really you have a represent getting over the Amy Schumer. Hurdle. Well, Amy Schumer, and I think also it it doesn't really portray. I, I just think there's the conf, the the conflict in this movie is not necessarily a conflict that is 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 relatable. Not relatable, but I think there's 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 a much harder uphill battle that a lot of women have to face that is is a lot more difficult than than deal- maybe maybe that maybe that's unfair for me to say uh, maybe I shouldn't speak in in, in that sense but um, I also just no, think I think that, you're right about that I think yeah that's... I, I think well I think there there's a lot of there, I mean they obviously show a little bit of her work life and the relationship with Tilda Swinton in this movie uh, yeah I think um, a very lot briefly. of I think I think a lot of what you're talking about is true I just think it, that... I think it's raunchy to be raunchy and I think there's there's a lot more of a content. There's a lot more content in this 
and and what this movie's trying to present uh, in terms of in terms of femininity, in terms of sexuality, in terms of all this stuff. Uh, but I think this movie instead sometimes chooses the more raunchy route instead of the more uh, content like route of, 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 of that that, that right. could you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, what you're talking about reminds me of one scene in the movie, and like I think it might be the first scene where the dad is talking about the dolls, and he's trying to explain to the girls like. Well, what if you could only play with one doll for the rest of your goddamn life? Like, how yeah. would that make you feel? Yeah. And he thought it's an analogy for cheating on his wife and mm -hmm. the girl's mother. And, like, Amy Schumer is, like, probably five years old in that scene. Mm -hmm. So I think um, similarly to a lot of his movies, it's, like, about an internal conflict of trying to – I think this movie specifically is probably about – if I had to, like – if I had to say something about what this movie is about, it's about – you know, Amy Schumer's character allowing herself to love somebody and actually love them and not just fuck them for the sake of, like, getting laid. Um, I think that's a lot about, like, what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and I think with, like, internal conflicts like that that drive plots, it's, like, a little harder to grasp onto and it's a little harder to relate to for a general audience, me included. Yeah. Um, and for guys, too. I should say that, too. Like, I, I'm not the demographic that this movie speaks to so whatever i say here really doesn't fucking matter yeah i mean well it does matter because you watch the movie it's just like <laughs> it's just like i don't think it matters ladies if you're listening my opinion doesn't matter <laughs> um let us know in the comments do you think robert's opinion matters <laughs> uh, but i think like bill Hader's character for me as a guy was like extremely relatable yeah um, i think um like the career-driven love interest versus like the um Versus Amy Schumer's character, I think it was just really funny, and like the 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 difference between, I think like what John Cena represents in this movie versus what Bill Hader represents in this movie is like totally apparent by their physique, and mm -hmm. so like I totally like think the casting is spot on. Yeah, no, and John Cena is great in this movie. Um, now 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 another now another point that is uh you know that has been brought about this movie is the portrayal of like the underage. Uh, <laughs> Sex scene or sex, sex sexual relationship here. Uh, now, Wait, remind me, remind me, what was that? With Ezra Miller's character, who uh, she makes out with, who she or who's the intern at at the job that she works at, and she goes to his house, tries to have sex with him, and she and he reveals that he's that he's only seventeen, and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, you, you know his name I'm talking about, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but uh, okay. but I think I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and his mom busts in, and then he he tries to do coke on on her, and yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, about it? I just think I just think it's interesting. I just think it's interesting that that this movie the, goes as far as portraying that. Uh, that kind of <laughs> that kind of thing, especially in today's era, especially in today's you know uh, you know with with sexual assault being. Uh, a big thing and, right. and, and harassment and all that. Uh, this movie portrays it in, in, in somewhat of a comedic way, but do you think this joke would still stand up <laughs> and if it came out like in this very moment? Yeah, I think so. You think so? But yeah. what if it was what if it was flipped? What do you think if it was a if it was a man who is trying to hook up with the intern at his job? Well, it's not this. I don't think it's the same necessarily in terms of this movie mm. specifically. Um, I think Amy Schumer, I think, well, it, I mean, okay, the thing with like the, 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 the gender flip for that is, 
um, it's never okay. It's it's yeah. never okay to, you know, think that somebody under the age of eighteen is consenting, or I guess in the state of California, sixteen. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what the laws. In but New York I think are. I think what this scene represents is that they want you to think about that and they want you to realize that this character has hit rock bottom and like she doesn't know what love is anymore and so she's just grasping at straws and this this is like rock bottom for her character yeah. if i'm remembering correctly yeah I no know. i agree i think that's where i think yeah I mean, but i think movie. like in the context of the movie i think it works pretty well yeah no because it's so yeah. fucked up yeah yeah no and i think that's i think that's where i think that's exactly what uh yeah. Amy Schumer and, and John Apatow are trying to go for in that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. There was, uh, but yeah, no. But Tilda Swinton's character cracks me up in she, this movie. She, she's amazing. Uh, she, oh my God. She reminds me a lot of Meryl Streep and uh, The Devil Wears Prada to a certain <laughs> yeah. extent. Yeah. Just that like mean boss lady. You know what she reminds me of? I don't know if you've watched like The Office season like eight or nine. Have you seen uh, I, I But like Nellie Bertram, for anybody who like, oh, knows right, 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 like, right. She reminds right. me of that character, yeah. which is one of my favorite characters on The Office, even though she's like hated by a lot of the fans. Yeah. Um, but again, like the star-studded cast, we've got Bill Hader, Pete Davidson, Pete Davidson, um, early Mike Birbiglia, a lot of SNL Method stars, Man, a yeah. lot of SNL stars in this movie. Brie uh, Larson, dude. Brie Larson, our new Captain Marvel. Randall Park, Daniel Radcliffe, Ezra Miller, our Flash. Um, yeah, and Nikki LeBron, Glazer. LeBron James. Whoa. Marissa Tomei uh, is also another one. Yeah, no, they 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 have. Uh, yeah, this this movie this movie doesn't spare any expenses in terms of uh, in terms of having a ensemble cast that really reflects what the movie is. I guess trying to trying to say and trying to go for. Uh, every character kind of represents their own kind of mis- misrepresentation of love too. Um, yeah, her totally. fa- Her father. Her father is is a prime example of somebody who is a complete fuck up in yeah. and and his yeah. and his romantic lifestyle and and uh and same thing with with I mean I think with all the characters all the characters just kind of deal with that 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 dichotomy with uh and I think that's what I think that's what makes it re- really enjoyable. Yeah, I think I think because it's Amy Schumer's script like it's a little bit more edgy, a little bit more exaggerated than the stuff Judd usually works with, like more real life based stories. Mm-hmm. Um but I think what Judd brings to this is bringing it back down to earth a little bit and um you know, I think I think like you see how exaggerated it is through LeBron James character. Yeah. When yeah, he's yeah. playing himself, but he's really not playing himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing the the image that everybody expects him to be. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, <laughs> LeBron. LeBron. Um, but I think like Judd's directing um really helped this movie become the success it was. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 uh I mean I think that's apparent in looking at the rest of Amy Schumer's uh filmography uh, yeah. after this but not to show amy schumer amy schumer much respect for stealing jokes so no you know no, i'm not trying to hate besides that like um, i generally like her stuff really? i think it's funny i think i mean i think it's like edgy enough that it just like is different than a lot of stuff that i mean people play safe but yeah i just i don't i'm not a fan of just the whole like edgy to be edgy thing yeah. I, to, to me it's yeah to me i've always felt like this movie and her entire stand-up career in general just has this like very like non 
you know, there's not really much 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 being said outside of I, like, I think there are I'll say this. I think there are one hundred percent comics, especially female comics, um, that are so much funnier than her that deserve the spotlight yeah, yeah, that she's yeah. gotten. No, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to take away a spotlight or anything either. Like no, nor, but nor I, I will I will like happily say that like there are comics who deserve her spotlight more than you she showed does. me uh that one lady who was pregnant who did the was that you showed me the pregnant? Yeah, the, the, the Netflix show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember who that particular comic was. Look it up. Uh, but that was that was that that to me was like, damn, that's fun. Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Ali Wong. If you not if you not seen Ali Wong, man, to me that shit was like funny and like insightful. You know, to some yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ali but, Wong is so funny. I love that set. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like. Even her friends, like um, like Tignatero, who's like a legendary stand-up comedian, um, I think like she she should like do something with Judd Apatow. I think um, mm. um, a lot of Chelsea Handler stuff I really like too. Chelsea Handler, yeah, yeah, no, um, Chelsea Handler definitely. But I feel like Amy Schumer like hit this point. Um, I think like her career trajectory like perfectly matched with like the. Um, I guess like thoughts of society at the time or or whatever. I don't know. I feel like she just like she really I feel like she does empower women um in a good way and I think that um a lot of a lot of female com- um comedy fans like really fuck with it. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, definitely. I mean, no, she I like has her a, stuff. She I has mean. a massive fan base. All the Amy Schumer fans are probably going to yell at me. Whatever. I don't give a fuck, but <laughs> Hey, I like her too, guys, so don't yell at me. Yeah, yeah, no. Kay's a big fan. Uh, and a big fan of this movie too, which I'm a big fan of too. I I, I feel like I, I I went a little a little negative on this, but I I genuinely do really enjoy every Jad Apatow movie. Uh, I feel like it was the best like female based comedy movie since Bridesmaids, but it definitely did not meet Bridesmaids X like Bridesmaids. Um, yeah, well, shit. There's not a lot of <laughs> female comedies <laughs> in between. Oh, Ghostbusters! Did Ghostbusters come out that, that year? I don't know. I don't know. I never saw it. I never saw Ghostbusters. I like I Ghostbusters. I really like Ghostbusters. I think that was 2016. Now. Um, but anyway, uh, is any is that are your thoughts on uh, Trainwreck? Trainwreck. Um, yeah. I mean, the only other thing I can think to add is like I, I like how it's based in New York. Um, right. A lot of his give me, stuff. Give is, me a New Yorker experience, man. Like a lot of his stuff is based in California. Um, yeah. But I feel like. I feel like because Amy Schumer like wrote the script, it was pretty fitting. I I like it. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah, no. Nah. New York definitely has an aesthetic. He pays homage to uh, you know Manhattan, the the movie, uh, the Woody Allen you know, movie. Uh, you know, Woody Allen's like, oh, you know, we can't really talk about. It. But there's there's the there's that. I don't homi- love Woody Allen. Uh, you don't love Woody Allen. Uh, yeah. No. Not, and despite the guy himself being a monster, I don't love his movies. You don't love his movies? Oh, really? Damn. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we gotta talk about that one day. Uh, Have me on. Yeah, when we do, if, if, I don't think we're doing any meaning of Woody Allen <laughs> episodes. Why not? Uh, I don't. I can't rock with a dude uh, <laughs> dating his daughter. Uh, but but there's so much to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. His movies actually have a fair amount of whatever to say. You know, whatever, whatever. I don't, I, I'm not trying to really discuss Woody Allen all that much. Oh, but, yeah. Okay, let's move on. But, uh, <laughs> but this movie does pay homage to Manhattan, right? Like in that one scene where... Yeah. So it pays homage to a lot of New York type type filmmaking and, mm-hmm. and definitely pays respects to what came before, so... Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no. Uh, dope. Any 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 last word on Jad Apatow in general? Yeah, I think um, everyone should 
pay attention to things that he'll start to like his future projects stuff that he's gonna release um mm. i would say give everything he releases a chance a shot um whether it's a tv show or a movie i think he'll be pleasantly surprised and moved by the end of it and also have a great time and laugh yeah um, no what's what does he have uh does he have anything interesting coming up that you are or wherever uh well for example like he just released the zen diaries of gary shandling the documentary about the the comedian, the late comedian Gary Shandling, who just passed away. Oh, interesting. Um, some of you nice. might know him from Gary Shandling. Know him from um, Iron Man Two, where he was the guy who put the pins on uh, mm. Stark, and he said, "You're a prick" or something. Right, like that. right, yeah. right, right. But besides, outside of Iron Man Two, I mean, he was in the Larry Sanders show and all that. But um, he was really close to Judd Apatow. Um, mm. He was like an inspiration for him, and he actually like ended up getting to work for him. Ah, uh, that's what's up, man. Uh, and with him, and they became close. Um, so the Zendaris of Gary Shandling um, is like a really successful documentary. Yeah. Um, Crashing, he's directed a few episodes of Crashing, which is an HBO original uh, starring Pete Holmes. It's about a stand-up comic living in New York City, struggling to become a stand-up comic. Um, it's kind of, again, like Judd Apatow bringing the real-life you know, experience to the screen. Uh, Love on Netflix is also a really good one. He works with his daughter, Iris, a little bit more in that one, too. Mm. Um, Definitely suggest Love. Um, Crashing, um, I would suggest Love over Crashing. Um, They're both on HBO, though. Love is on Netflix. Ah, okay. It's a Netflix original. Um, These are things he produced, and he directed a few episodes of each of them. But um, let's hear your, your some some more thoughts from you uh, while I look through this to see if there's anything. Well, I mean, no, nah, I mean, about. I'm pretty much. I mean, for me, Jad Apatow just has a great repertoire as a uh, as a comedy director. Definitely has one of the biggest influences uh, over uh, probably one of the biggest influences in modern comedy um, history. Um, and yeah, I, I think. Uh, I think without without Jad Apatow, we wouldn't have half of the kind of comedy stylistic kind of movies that we would have today. Um, and also salute to him for um, pushing uh, pushing some great films uh, like The Big Sick out out to the world. To oh me, yeah, totally. The Big totally. Sick is is one of the best recent films ever made. And of course, we didn't even talk about like movies like Begin Again too, which is another great movie that he produced. And, Bridesmaids. Uh, get, get Him to the Greek is actually one of my favorite Same. comedies of all time. Um, Pineapple Express, of course. Pineapple Express, We're all gonna, these. We could do a Seth Rogen. And by the way, and, and I, I know people are still yelling at the comments. We didn't address Anchorman. Anchorman, we, ended, we you know, a lot has been said about Anchorman. We're going to cover Anchorman once we do the Adam McKay episode. I'm announcing that me and Ace going to be back to do an Adam McKay episode soon. We're going to go into depth on the, uh, on, the, uh, on the Anchorman franchise on that. So, but yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, last thoughts on Judd. I'd say, you know, he's currently, he's doing a lot of political activism. Um, and I think that kind of reflects, like, back on his um, yeah. philosophy about art and life and how they kind of, like, work off each other. Yeah. I think um, I think it's cool that he's, he's like, coming into that position um, and he feels like he has enough influence. You think uh, that's going to ever seek into any of his movies or... Yeah, I think definitely. I think just knowing him, he'll definitely incorporate um, incorporate the whole Trump era into something he does soon. Mm. Um, because um, I know that he is a Democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's very blue, which is uh, 
Good side, good side of history, my man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would. Anything else on Jod? Um, let me think. Or we could just end the show. That that also works too. Oh yeah, let's just end the show. <laughs> unless you want to. Unless you. Oh really... well. Okay. I'll say one last thing. Yes. Did you know that he has a? Uh, there's a super bad poster on the third floor of. Uh, USC Cinematic Arts School. Yes, yeah. And he signed it, and it said, don't drop out like I did, and then he signed it. Um, oh, that's and nice. And I think that's um, an interesting uh, sentiment. Yes, right, USC alumni, Jad Apatow, um, of course. Uh, he he And he he's kind of the pioneer behind the USC comedy program, yep. too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, big big stuff. You're, you're, you're minoring in comedy, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah, that's my minor. Um, major is production. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And, Look uh, at that. We're talking to the next. Uh, we're talking to the next Apatow right here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the meaning of Jad Apatow featuring the next Jad Apatow. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a round of applause to Kate. Thank oh, you for God. joining us. I'm going to add that in the post somewhere. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Thanks for coming on, man. Did you have a good time? I had a great time, and I love being here at Glider Studios. Hey, um, such great energy here, and I really hope I can meet Ace one day. One day, one, one day, day you and Ace will be in the same room. You're yeah. just gonna be a guest for the Jada Apatow episode, but since Ace can make it, uh, you filled in as the host, so we, we really I love appreciate this, that. Dude. Hey. C for K. C for, for K. I'm taking over Collider Studios. Oh, shoot. It is, it's here. Uh, uh, make sure you go watch Flick Ticks. Yes, the movie please Past watch Parody. Flick Ticks. I produced that. I was the Judd Apatow on that project. Hey, there it is. There it is. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, in the, it's in the top link in the description down below. And check out my YouTube channel for some of my stuff. And if you liked what I had to say today, uh, maybe check out my Instagram. Post some behind the scenes of Anthony Padilla's stuff there mm-hmm. occasionally. Um, and also whatever I'm working on with Robert so yeah, um, yeah. come on over <laughs> oh awesome yeah nah check check out Cade what's, what's your what's your Twitter Instagram handle it's all it? just at Cade Hughes B H-U-S-E-B-Y oh, nice 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 it's gonna be written down on the Lord there somewhere too so anyway y'all thank you for watching uh, the Meaning of Podcast this is RB3 this is your boy Ace. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's Kate. It's, hey, Kate. And uh, thank you for watching the Media Podcast. Uh, please like, comment, and subscribe. And iTunes listeners, please uh, please just keep listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me, RB3. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, my man. Night, guys. Have a good one.